It's Monday, January 29th, and you're listening to Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. Good morning. I'm Gabriel Hilti, and this is Morning Mixtape News. The top stories of today, right now. Five players of Canada's 2018 World Junior Hockey Team are expected to face sexual assault charges. Alex Formanton was the first to surrender to police on Sunday. In Ontario, the new Staples locations are part of a broader Service Ontario review. The details on the government's plan that still doesn't have a business case. And internationally, countries withdraw funds from UN relief efforts for Palestinians after Israel alleges involvement by some staff in the Hamas attack. The UN urges donors to reconsider. Then, Phoebe talks about the whiskey wars in an episode of Hidden Histories and sports update plus the weather forecast round off the show. Let's look at the headlines. The first of five players on Canada's 2018 World Junior Hockey Team facing sexual assault charges surrendered to police. Global News reports former Ottawa Senators player Alex Formanton turned himself in to the police headquarters in London, Ontario on Sunday. A report by the Globe and Mail on Wednesday detailed that five members of the team were told to surrender to police. They are alleged to have sexually assaulted a woman in a London hotel after a Hockey Canada event in 2018. London police did not respond to an inquiry about Formanton's surrender by Global News. They say updates will be given at a scheduled press conference on February the 5th. Several other players from the 2018 World Juniors team went on leaves of absences from their teams in recent days. There is no confirmation whether the leaves are connected to the original report of players facing charges of sexual assault. London police originally investigated the allegations in February of 2019, but concluded that there were no, quote, reasonable grounds to believe sexual assault occurred. Legal experts told CBC News that this first investigation was, quote, cursory at best. The case resurfaced again in 2022 after TSN reported that Hockey Canada settled a civil lawsuit with the complainant. The report and following public outcry triggered the reopening of the case. It also led to the scrutiny of Hockey Canada, with the entire board and leadership team resigning. All players from the 2018 World Juniors team are currently suspended. Aside from the police, Hockey Canada and the NHL are both conducting separate investigations. The federal government also announced a commission on systemic abuse in sports starting this year. Staying in Ontario, the plan to move Service Ontario locations to Staples stores is part of a broader review. The Canadian Press reports the provincial plan is to consider new locations for all of the standalone, privately run operations of the provincial provider. The details come in advance of an expected press conference by Minister Todd McCarthy today. Contracts are approaching expiry at over 100 privately owned Service Ontario locations. The government will review them to determine if they should continue operation or be moved into locations such as retail outlets or libraries. McCarthy said in an interview that no changes are planned for the more than 80 government-run Service Ontario locations. Doug Ford's provincial government initially said the move was intended to save costs and increase availability of services. The government has not provided a business case and has given different figures on the projected savings in the past weeks. 
Minister McCarthy told Canadian press the deal is projected to save taxpayers, quote, 900000 over three years. That figure is down from a claim of $1 million savings every year by the Deputy Premier last Monday. The moving of Service Ontario's through a sole source deal with Staples was originally reported by City News. It drew considerable attention and criticism with the government paying for retrofitting Staples stores. Staples also advertised positions expecting job applicants to, quote, drive sales and profitability by converting Service Ontario traffic. Internationally, the United Nations chief is urging donors to reconsider withdrawing funding from the UN agency that helps Palestinians. The Guardian reports that the move follows information from Israel alleging that some staff at the UN Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees, UNRWA, were involved in the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres appealed to the 10 countries that withdrew their funding. They include Canada, the United States, Australia, Germany, Italy, the United Kingdom, and others. Guterres said the agency and Palestinians should not be punished for the alleged acts of a dozen staff members. Nine of the staff have already been dismissed, and the highest UN oversight body has been asked to start an investigation. The General Commissioner for the UNRWA said the funding pause puts over 2 million people who depend on it for survival at risk. The funding collapse after allegations by Israel came on Friday after the International Court of Justice ordered Israel to, quote, take immediate and effective measures immediately to enable the provision of urgently needed basic services and humanitarian assistance in Gaza. The effect in U.S. media was a shift away from the ICJ ruling to the credibility of the main organization delivering aid. Israel's foreign ministry has previously vowed that the UNRWA won't play a role in Gaza after the recent escalation ends. The organization currently has 13,000 staff in Gaza and educates over 30,000 children. Switching from today's headlines to our daily segment, Phoebe talks about the Whiskey Wars in this week's episode of Hidden Histories. Good morning, I'm Phoebe and welcome to this week's Hidden History segment, where I talk about interesting historical facts that aren't as widely known. For today's segment, I'll start with a question. You all know about the stereotype with Canadians and saying sorry, right? Being overly polite, overly apologizing. This story may prove that this stereotype isn't as far off as we thought. It all started in 1973. Canada and Denmark tried to create a border through a place called the Nares Strait in the Arctic Circle and found out that they could both technically claim an island called Hans Island. Naturally, they did. Keep in mind, Hans Island is tiny. It's a small, rocky island that nobody lives on. The Inuit, who had lived in the area for centuries, knew about the island. Their traditional hunting grounds involved it. The Europeans didn't know about it until much later. Canada has a lot of claim to the Arctic, but Denmark considered the island important. The Danish made their case for the island based on a Danish Greenlandic explorer called Knud Rasmussen, who went on an expedition through Arctic Canada in the early 1920s. They also said that the island is closer to Greenland, which Denmark owns, than it is to Ellesmere Island, which Canada owns. Canada essentially said, you snooze, you lose, saying that Denmark hadn't actually enforced sovereignty according to the Canadian Encyclopedia. In 1973, the general border for the Nering Strait was agreed upon by the two countries, but Hans Island was still a problem. Who owned it? They just left that question for later. A decade later, the Canadians picked it up again. 
Canadian troops arrived on the island and put down the Canadian flag along with a bottle of Canadian whiskey. Apparently, this meant they claimed the island, and according to the BBC, Canada got one square mile larger. After a few weeks, Denmark's Minister of Greenland Affairs set off for Hans Island. He took the flag and the whiskey, replacing it with a Danish flag and a bottle of schnapps. He also left a note, saying, Welcome to Danish Island. After that, it was on. For almost 50 years after, the Canadians and the Danes had a tradition. Take the alcohol and the flag, put your own there. This continued until 2018, when both countries decided to work together to officially settle this once and for all. In June 2022, it was finally settled. The island was split in half, not literally, with one half belonging to the Canadians and the other half to the Danes. With this accord, the whiskey wars were over. However, it didn't stop Canada's foreign minister, Denmark's foreign minister, and Greenland's prime minister from exchanging bottles of alcohol at the conference. In the end, the treaty worked out for everyone. It ensured the Inuit people could move freely around the island, ensuring they had access to their historical hunting grounds, and it finally got Canada and Denmark to come to an agreement over a tiny island in the Arctic Circle, ending what has been called the most polite war in history. That's it for this week. I'm your host, Phoebe, reporting for Met Radio 1280 AM Toronto. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Phoebe. Sports update before the weather. The Toronto Raptors lost Sunday against the Atlanta Hawks by 1 point, 125 to 126. Their next game is on the road tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls. That's at 8 p.m. Also, the NHL All-Star Weekend in Toronto this week, starting on Thursday. Looking at the weather, it's cloudy today with light flurries this morning. Highs of plus two, feeling like minus six in the morning with the wind chill. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening to Morning Mixtape News with today's top headlines and stories in just 10 minutes. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Met Radio News to stay posted on all the latest content. For Met Radio, 1280 AM in Toronto, I'm your host, Gabrielle Hilti. We'll be back tomorrow.